Ah, uh, yes. Santa Claus is coming to town by the Jackson 5. That's right. And this is because we will be reviewing the movie Better Watch Out, a Christmas-themed horror movie exclusively on Shudder. We watched it, and we're going to be talking about it today in this episode of the New Flesh Podcast, a podcast about horror movies and all things tangentially, tangentially, yep, that's right, tangentially related to horror movies in the horror culture. This is Joe Avella. Hit me up on the IG, Instagram, Joe Avella, and Twitter, maybe, if you feel like it. I check it occasionally. How are your Instagram stats? Actually, doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, they're doing really well, actually, yeah. I love it. And I'm Brett Arnold, at Brett Redacted on Twitter. I don't got no Instagram, but you can follow Yahoo News on Instagram. It's very informative. Yeah, I would suggest against that. Hey, before we get started, (laughs) speaking of Twitter, I tweeted out something in Alaska to you. Are there any non-Christmas winter holiday horror movies? Is there a Hanukkah horror movie? Uh, I'm sure there must be like some shitty straight-to-video one, right? But I can't think of one. Yeah, no. and the, and what else is Kwanzaa? We, yeah, there's no. no probably no Kwanzaa horror movie. I feel like a Hanukkah horror movie. Representation matters. And I feel that an actual Hanukkah horror movie, not a tongue-in-cheek, isn't it funny that we made a Hanukkah horror movie, would do really well. Yeah, there needs to be like, there was this book, uh, I don't know if it was read by non-Jews, okay. but there was a book when I was like in Hebrew school and stuff that everyone would read, and it was Harry and the Hanukkah Goblins. Yeah. You could turn that into a kid's Is it kind of, kind of like a Krampus-y type movie? It's a Krampus-y type mo- uh, book. I don't remember the details too much. I think it's more lighthearted than the mm. title would suggest. But you should take that and, and do the hard R reboot of it. Uh, so if I'm called correctly, because I know nothing about Hanukkah, I can't even spell it. It's Eight Nights? It's Eight Nights, and there are multiple. There's actually eight spellings probably, too. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so instead of Eight Crazy Nights, Eight Deadly Nights. Yeah, man. That's why the title right there. Where's Eight Deadly there Nights? One? We got to write it, or I got to write it. You can't. You're so, not Jewish. Okay, so real quick, so just so I know, so Hanukkah, the idea of the eight nights is it gets progressively better as each night goes on? Like gift-wise? I guess. Why? What, what's the deal with eight nights, and how does it wrap up in the I eight? believe Because how can we parallel the murder, mayhem, and horror over eight nights? Um, I believe the conceit of Hanukkah is that it's eight nights because that's how long, like, what the oil lasted when they were... Like they were, the power okay. was out and shit, and yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. That, that's how long nice. the oil burned, or whatever. Okay. Um, I don't know how you could. Uh, there, there's something ripe there for horror. Like the evil Hanukkah goblin just the go- needs your blood instead of oil. That's what <laughs> the, his, his lamp is. Children's blood. Oh my Jew god. children blood, and like, and it's up to like a, a a rabbi in town who's kind of like losing the faith to be like, you know, he has to like muster up his faith to save the children of the town he's in on Hanukkah before the Hanukkah goblin liquefies all the children. What do you think? And makes everyone celebrate Christmas. Okay, it's like the big like yeah, yeah. The problem. Like Christmas is like seeping and whatever. All Christmas right. is seeping. We're saying Merry Christmas again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. <laughs> uh, anyway, there's a movie there. Probably has someone made a thing. If not, just like maybe the Purge we'll TV it. show, you're gonna hear about this yeah. in the news next Hanukkah week. Hanukkah horror movie. The new flesh. If it's liquefying children <laughs> for the Hanukkah oil lamp or whatever. You know where they that got the idea. That was a pretty idea. shitty explanation of Hanukkah. I think I got it right. I don't remember. I don't know what fucking My Christmas knowledge, is. Maybe that's Passover. I don't know. That's so funny if it was Passover. <laughs> <laughs> and then someone got it wrong on our information and made that movie. And it comes out and I'm like, what the fuck is this oil lamp shit? <laughs> uh. I don't know. My my knowledge mostly comes from the Rugrats yeah. specials about I mean, the holidays. All the holiday stuff. It's like, yo, you want gifts. You want your time off of work. You want to eat awesome food. You want to spend time with a few people in your family. You want to do some ice skating shit. The funny thing about the holidays, I think, is that from now until New Year's Day, we're all like, it's snowing, eggnog, 
ice skating, all this winter shit. And like New Year's Day, we wake up and we're like, fuck, (laughs) I got to do this shit till March. Yeah, this is back to life. I know. Oh, no. Was that Jim Gaffigan bit you wake up on New Year's Day? You're like, well, there's a tree in our house. (laughs) Who the hell did this? (laughs) Yeah, I've been leaning into the holidays. It's hard not to. Like, there's so many parties. You can't help it. I've been trying to eat better. I've been eating better again. But, like, man, it's hard this week. Like, this weekend in particular, I had a bunch of, like, holiday parties. Don't you get cheat days on this diet you're on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, like, I really cheated this weekend. And, like, Mm -hmm. I went to this... uh, my friend was throwing a, a lot key party, but it was also a oil painting unveiling, which I didn't know what it meant. But when I when we got there, they explained it's that like, yo, I did an oil painting. There was they won. My friend Greg and his wife Lindsay they won this contest, I guess, which was it included a one night stay at the Ritz Carlton, mm-hmm. uh, tickets to some show at a venue near wherever they were doing, uh-huh. and. Of oil painting, like a five thousand dollar very nice oil painting of what of them. Oh, so, that's kind of cool. So, the real G- quick side note: five thousand for a, a custom oil painting is not a lot of it's money. It's not. It can't be. A no, lot. it's not, dude. Um, if you want to get your portrait done on any one of these like poster size things, I mean, that's forty grand easily. Oh my god, that's hard. Yeah, no. it's hard to do that well. So the part of the deal was like, I guess there's only you could only have do the oil painting in like Westchester, New York, or like Palm Beach. Because you got to go there, right? You got to go there. So they were like, "Is there a way we could just like you know get the room and the show and like not do the oil painting?" And yeah. they were like. No. Yeah. <laughs> so can they, you just do? Can you just do it on my Facebook profile? Why do I have to be there? Yeah. So they. Oh, you have to show me the painting. Yeah. So I they did wait. it. And it's a was, couple or just the it's guy. It's a couple. Okay. And this was this was this like I didn't know that this was going to be unveiled. I'll show you what they look like after. But this is an oil painting of Greg and Lindsay. That's a painting. Isn't that crazy? I gotta zoom in. Hang on. It's wild. Wow, that's excellent. That looks like a photo. Yeah. That is incredible. It's incredible. I mean, I, I went from being like, that's kind of stupid to where like, like I need one. That's of amazing. <laughs> like you understand that that's going to be in their family. Unless their house catches on fire, like that, like the one of their grandkids are going to get that. Pa- and that this pa- is what they portrait. normally look like. They're just like, you know, my hippie fish friends. Yeah. It's so funny that we've like named. Lindsay. Yeah. He was go back, go back. Yeah. yeah. I, no, go back to the, the paint, the oil painting. Yes. Yeah, the painter was a uh, was kind to your to the guy to the guy there. He really uh, he really uh, hemmed in that gut. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Well, that's what you uh, pay for, man. You want that artist to be like, all right, I'm not gonna make you that bloated. Yeah, I just love the idea that I didn't know that was gonna happen it's at the beautiful. party, but it was a very funny moment. I painted a, as a joke because I did art in college. Uh, my buddy Nick reached. Is out. Is that the joke? Yeah, <laughs> you that's did very funny. And my buddy Nick reached out to me and he was like, "You uh, paint a." Uh, uh, like a portrait of me and i'm like yeah sure it didn't take me that long i mean it wasn't that good so it's not that great but it was just so funny that for years because i did while we were still in college and i think until he moved in with his his future wife he had it like hanging up predominantly in his uh in whatever he was living and people were like why do you have an oil painting of yourself like i put the american flag behind him and shit and when his wife moved in, moved in i'm sure she was like fucking throw that dumb thing out <laughs> i did a pretty good job on it actually i wonder whatever happened i would painting. love to see that yeah i'll, I'll see if he still has it and send me a photo that's so funny you gotta dig it up god i forgot about that uh, enough about paintings. Today we're going to be talking about Not Twas the Night. Be- better watch out. I'm sorry. Yeah, what, yeah, you called it many different watch things. watch out. As in the beginning, the first line of the chorus of Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Yes. Um, Shutter exclusive. Build as a horror comedy. It is very light on the comedy. It has a bit of a lightheartedness to it, sort of. There's but it's th- really dark. Yeah, it's really up. dark. It, it, it's, it's one of these movies that's hard to um, cut a trailer for when i watched the trailer it made it seem like um I didn't girls watch the ba- oh, okay it made it seem like a girl's babysitting a 
oldish, like a 12, 13 year old boy and her crazy uh, ex-boyfriend or stalker boyfriend shows up and, and then the, uh, the, the, it makes it seem like the, um, that's not the, at te- all what it's the about. teenager boy kind of like uh, helps stop it or whatever, but that's kind of not what it is that's about. That's not at all it's what It's going to be spoiler heavy. There are some twists and turns, but I think... Uh, we'll do a quick overview before yeah. we spoil it. Um, uh, it's a Shutter exclusive. Also, um, did you watch anything holiday related? No, I watched a bunch of other stuff. I watched Amityville finally. Okay, the Awakening. Am- Am- Amityville. Amityville. With some news in the Conjuring world. Yeah, we got that. Over that the lawsuit that's been going on where they had to prove that ghosts were real to get out of a billion dollar lawsuit. <laughs> that was just so hilarious. I watched a couple screeners, Oscar screeners. I mm-hmm. watched The Post. Okay. And I watched Roman J. Israel Esquire. I finally saw Good Time. Oh my God. And yes. I watched a few episodes of the new... Amazon series Jean-Claude Van Johnson. Okay. And I watched a new Amazon series called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Oh, I saw them shooting that last year. And it's year. actually fucking great. Is it good? It's really good. It I had stupid. no idea what it was about. The, the ads make it look like it's not up my alley at all, but uh-huh. it totally is. Okay. What else did you do this week? Play the Switch. Oh, yeah. Still on that Switch grind? Yeah, it's incredible. Doing a lot of insider food stuff. That's going really well. Okay. Ate some pizza. Then we also did one on Friday that was the longest noodles. Bro, there's this place in Chelsea Market that Heron uh, did a video about. So we went back there. I can't recall what it's called. Something like Best Fresh Noodle or Best Noodles New York City or whatever. Holy shit, dude. This this food is incredible. There. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When the video comes out, I'll the link. It was so good. Okay. Dude, basically, I get to eat and make videos about it, so things are going great by my end. Um, yeah, sounds great. We're just chilling with Mo and doing you know, random bullshit, getting ready for the holidays. That's cool. How about you? Um, we had the big like holiday party at work on Wednesday. Oh, we had ours on Thursday. It's so they Oath, the company that owns yeah. us now. So whack. they bought out or they rented out the McKittrick Hotel, which is where Sleep No More is. Oh, that, cool! Like, super fancy place. So the the layout of the party was Money like well spent. was like sleep no more it was like you walk through hallways and you end up in a room and there's like some weird like old fashioned jazz band playing so in theory that was awesome right sounds mm-hmm. so cool yeah it sounds alright in actuality an entire company's worth of people in like very small rooms it was so crowded you couldn't walk without someone knocking over your fucking uh, drink g- couldn't even get a drink because yeah. it was so crowded uh-huh. Just as someone who's anxious in that situation, yep. I fucking hated it, and I, I left after 40 minutes. Dude, I've gone to so many. We've had two work things. We had an insider thing that I went to, and we uh, like a happy hour, and then mm-hmm. the next week we had our uh, uh, like business insider like holiday party. Yeah, and uh, you know, good effort on them and stuff. But I just walk in there and I'm instantly like, I, I hate this. I'm really uncomfortable. Yeah, I have this a hard sucks. I'm <laughs> the hardest time having normal conversations with my coworkers. I like them just fine, and I have no idea what to do or talk about or how to act usually ends up with me and one of the person finding a corner drinking and talking about how whack the party is yep i leave before i get also i work with a lot of young people yeah. the problem with drinking with young people is they still drink like let's drink and party and like get they want to like party we'll put party in like in quotes there at <laughs> my age you're just drinking to like forget yeah qu- quiet <laughs> the noise in your head and in your heart so it's just like well they're so like get to bed yeah well they're <laughs> just like oh yo let's have a drink and go somewhere it's just like hey what's up it's like look I'm getting kind of drunk. You don't want to talk to me. I'm not going to be a very pleasant person. So right when I start feeling like I'm in the mood to tell people just how pissed off I am, I'm like, time to go. So I don't even stay at those things that long. Yeah, no. I'm the depressing guy. I stayed 40 minutes straight up. Uh, And then yesterday, uh, it was my girlfriend's best friend's birthday. So like I had to go out to brunch with them and do all this stuff. But the funny thing that her boyfriend did for her on her birthday was 
she's obsessed with like pigs and he got her like some farmer to come from New Jersey and bring three baby piglets to her apartment. Oh, just let them run around. Yeah. So like we were just hanging out with piglets. It was so cute. Oh, it was so really funny. Cute. How much does that service cost? I don't even know. I'll, I'll, I'll figure it out. And we'll talk off air. Okay. Um, but also what happened? Uh, oh, and that show that I produced, I produced this comedy show at Creek now. Hey, congratulations. Yeah. And it was last night and it was great. What's the story? What? Tell us um, about it's it. just the show that I used to go to every, it was once a month. It's Called? third Saturday every month. Creek Bros. Uh-huh. It's just like the, it's a frat theme show. It's just a bunch uh-huh. of idiots drinking beer on stage. We like, we give away free beers and stuff, but, uh, I didn't book this lineup. Sam Ruddy did cause shit's, it was her, she's, uh-huh. she hosts the show. Um, it was just really good. There was nine comics on it. Everyone mm-hmm. got seven minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, good show. It was a good show. Good I house. usually know the comics every month, uh-huh. but this this time I had I knew like two of them. Mm-hmm. The, uh, everyone was great. It was super fun. And what and, is your role as a producer for these shows? Um, for this one, I just like you know made the Facebook event, helped promote it, mm-hmm. uh, made the lineup. Like once I had the comics, you put and, some dollars in it. No, I didn't. No. No, you know, once once you kind of get your uh, your steam there, I mean, throw some money at it to like help. Yeah, no, it's fun. I bought the, the beers for the part. Like it's like they Creek charges you if you're running a show like a dollar for a PBR. So like, sure, I just bought a bucket of them and you're getting them involved. Good for you. Yeah, doing it. So that's, that's good. great. Next one is January twentieth, but I will not be able to make it. But I will produce it. All right, already there you go. Already, uh, hey, come to the show. I won't be there, but other well, Humphreys is in town. That I'm night. Fucking, yeah, very good priorities. <laughs> Cool. Hey, and we forgot to say that we could talk about it at some point, but you saw Star Wars. Oh, yeah, I did. I saw the Star Wars film. We can talk about the movie and what did you watch, but you want to say anything about the experience? About Because uh, didn't you think it'd take like a 10 in the morning? Okay, I had a ticket for this Saturday at 10, but then as I you just mean spent, yesterday? Yes, but uh, I realized halfway through the week that I had that brunch and pig thing. Yes, of course. So yes, I yes, had yes. to bail. Luckily, I tweeted if anyone wanted it and... Uh, XBI employee Who? John Marino took it. No idea. Uh, nice guy. He took it. Yes. Yeah, so what? I'm a nice guy too. Big <laughs> fucking deal. Uh, and then, so I was scrambling because I wanted to see it just so I could talk about it here. And I knew I didn't have time this weekend. So on Thursday night, I was actually free, and I knew tickets were sold out. I just again tweeted, "Anybody have an extra ticket?" And I found one. And nice. I, I saw it Thursday night. Uh, saw it in 3D. So Thursday's when it when it came out. That was like that night. That's how movies work now. How was the midnight uh, shows? How was the house? Thursday. Uh, it was, f- it was full. People were, yeah, people were into it. People clapped at the right times. Mm-hmm. Uh, 3D though, huh? 3D sucks. Still, sucks. I like 3D, but I have a hard time watching a movie I've never seen before in 3D. If I could somehow mm. see it, then see it again in 3D, I'd be down. But yeah. the thing about the 3D, it's just a little too distracting. It's annoying to me. It's just I'm, I'm, I'm never. I never want to do it. The only time I do is if I have to. Don't you feel like when you're watching 3D, you're like, I feel like I have to be enjoying this more. Mm. Having 3D is almost uh, like... It is just distracting right? to me. It's almost mostly. like if you got like a... I think Mark Maron talked about he got like a, a Macintosh, like $20,000 stereo. No, he didn't get that, but like he said he was listening to like Macintosh amps or like the best amps you could possibly get in your home. And he was just like... He was listening to them and he didn't get them just because it was like... He knows every time he put on a record, he'd be like, am I enjoying this enough? Are they, am I enjoying <laughs> these speakers enough? And I, and I get that. You know, you don't want... You want the medium to like overshadow the thing that you're it's supposed to deliver the thing your best way. And if you're paying attention to it, like I never really am big on like big screen TVs. I'm just be sitting there being like, okay, is this is this vast enough? Is this yeah. big enough? Is this am I as immersed in this as I can be? I don't like that. Speaking of Mark Marin, sure. his recent Netflix special is his best work he's ever done. What's it called? I forget. It just came out like a month ago. Okay, I'll check it's it out. It's so good. Yeah, it's good. The best like he's that. ever been. Great. Um happy for him. 
God, uh, I'm sure else? he's happy. You're happy. Yeah. Well, he's. I think he's probably. Didn't he get nominated for nominated for a Golden Globe for Glow? I, I have no did. idea. I think he did. I have no idea. He was great on that. Yeah. But that uh, I've never liked him as a comic. Mm-hmm. I just never really got into him. But then I, when I was in LA, I'd see him a bunch, and he was actually great. And I think I think the podcast has made him better as a comic. Yeah, I don't know. just he grows on you. Yeah, that's right. He left uh, angry guy about the politics, angry guy, and got into like a uh, more like exhausted I don't know what to do Ex- guy exactly that's you know what, what I mean? this special is it opens with yeah. like Trump like you know every yeah. day I look at my phone and see I mean something. yeah you just you, a guy who openly admits that he's like let his anxiety has been his downfall since you know he was a teenager but before it was like that fueled his yeah. like POV and things and then he just came to terms with it and now it's like he talks openly about it and it's a little more relatable to be like yeah I too feel uh, out of control by my own impulses sometimes too and that's a good point of view to have Right. Your comedy. Um, yes, anything? Any other crazy shit you saw at the screening? Uh, no, it was pretty tame. Mm-hmm. The guy next to me was really... Uh, there was this couple next to me who the wife was the sweetest lady ever. I felt so bad for her because this guy was just like the most insufferable like Star Wars nerdy dude. What was he doing? But the most annoying thing to me was he got there and like made everyone move so we could sit in this like, you know, the two seats that were available. Which yeah, I just moved on. I want to sit. Yeah, like yeah. whatever. It was fine. Sure. Um, and then he immediately, the second he sits down with his girlfriend who, or his wife, I think because of the ring. Sure. Um, who clearly, you know, she's there for him. Yeah. Is the vibe I got. Let's go see Star Wars. Right. Fine. And then he immediately goes to the lobby and tries, because I guess he bought four extra tickets. Sure. And like, he wanted to sell them, which is, I get that, but dude, the movie starts in five minutes, yeah. and he asked, the first thing he did was ask everyone in the theater near us if we needed tickets. I'm like, we're here. Yeah. What are you, th- what kind oh, of business like, what, a, what a coincidence to be like, oh, I happen to have four friends in front who are hoping someone announced they have tickets. Like, yeah, like two wait, minutes before the show. Think people are waiting, my friends are waiting out in front So she was, a, from that point on, just constantly apologizing for him and shit, mm-hmm. and like, uh... Yeah, it was just really funny. How could and you he, be in a relationship where you're apologizing for your... T- and the sorry, whole movie... Sorry, like that. Sorry, sorry. He would like be that. drinking like his soda too loud and she'd be like, fucking stop it. Yeah. He'd be eating his candy too loud. She'd be like, fucking stop it. Sure, well, he'd just like turn over and whisper to her. Or a retarded older brother or something yeah. like that. Yeah. No, they were married. Because yeah. he kept trying to kiss her and she would be like, stop it. And then eventually she'd be like, ugh. And she would do it. I just felt bad. I felt like, you know comfortable in my relationship afterwards i was like yeah, you, i'm you, fine we're you know, fine yeah, when you go out and you're in public places like that you see people and you're like i guess i'm not a crazy <laughs> idiot you know <laughs> i think i'm going i'm doing good mo and i did this thing sort of related but not movie related uh bi sarah specifically at bi is doing this series of videos uh, about um couples and relationships and wanted to have like married couples and couples have been together for a long time to come in and answer some questions like as a couple. So Mo came in and both going in there, I was like, well, they didn't tell us what questions they are. And oh man, is this going to be like, Oh weird? shit. Are you guys going to break up? Yeah, I know, but I'm afraid they're going to be like, so uh, what's most favorite color? Uh, the end. So yeah. anyway, just turned out to be like talking about like uh, sharing responsibilities. And, and, and after we were talking about it, everyone commented like, well, you guys are actually like really good together. And that actually went really well. And we were actually like kind of sweet to each other. And I was like, well, how are other people answering? And it came in, gave, gave me an idea of like the average of people or the people that did it. And I was like, oh man, like we actually like fared better, better than most couples. Yeah. And it's nice to get the thing like, oh yeah, most people are miserable idiots. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. You get a taste of that anytime you go out in public yep. in the city. All right, ready for uh, bits and pieces? Yeah, there's a lot of good ones. Uh, bits, b- b- bits, b- bits and pieces. This is the Star Wars theme song. Bits and pieces. All uh, right, that's pretty good. Uh, this is exciting. What do you got? 
Mike Flanagan shot a movie called Before I Wake mm. in 2013. Yo, Mike. Was supposed to come out in 2015. What happened? And then 2016. What happened? And then 2017. What happened? Uh, it is coming out finally on Netflix on January 5th. But, like they're, a couple but weeks. they're hyped on uh, Gerald's Game. Absolutely hyped yeah. on Gerald's Game. We're releasing a movie nobody wants for... Uh, 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 oh my God, it has the kid from... Uh, is that the kid from Room? It looks like the kid from Room. Is it? I'm going to read the description. Not the Room. No, uh, Jacob Tremblay, the read, kid from... Read us all the description, please. All right. Jesse and Mark, recovering from the death of their young son, Sean, decide to take an eight-year-old Cody as a foster child. Cody seems sweet, loving, and bright in every way, except that he is afraid of sleep. They soon discover why. Cody's dreams manifest in reality as he sleeps. Wild. In Jesse's grief, she tries to use Cody's supernatural abilities to reconnect with her dead son. Soon she discovers that Cody's nightmares manifest as well Ooh. as they experience both the intense wonder and intense terror that only a child's imagination could conjure. Oh, cool. To save their family, Jesse and Mark must uncover the truth behind his nightmares. Must that inject this kid with... fucking awesome. Yes, man, to, save, just to save themselves, they got pour coffee down this kid's throat. They gotta throat. kill this kid. Yeah, like, well, clearly we gotta to drown you because what else are we gonna do? Uh, this got good reviews when it was screened at festivals. People like it. I don't know mm-hmm. why it was delayed for so long. Awesome. But it stars, the parents I think are Kate Bosworth and mm. Tom Jane who I love. So oh, nice. That's cool. Yeah, sounds great. Uh, also, n- n- unrelated to this movie but it sounds, the trailer, this reminded me of a trailer I saw before Star Wars. What'd you see? I think it's called A Quiet Place or The Quiet Place. Okay. It stars Emily Blunt and dude from the office krasinski okay um the trailer is entirely silent and then the reveal is that because like silent as nobody talks there's no music or sound like silent because no one talks and then like they do uh you think the girls might be deaf or something it's like a child and they're communicating with sign language then you realize that um they're like they're some it's some apocalyptic scenario and like if they make a noise these creatures will fucking get them and the whole trailer is just like them being quiet and then like they knock something over and then like shit starts hitting the fan. Oh, I it love that. It looks kind of awesome. Hell yeah, dude. So that's Hell called, I yeah. think, A Quiet Place or The Quiet Place. Keep an eye out for The Quiet Place. Yeah. Cool. All right. That, that Flanagan movie sounds great. Um, Insidious, speaking of January, Insidious, The Last Key comes out January 5th as well, same day. Of As what? Uh, the one we just talked about. Oh, yeah, Before yeah. I Wake on Netflix. Totally, totally tuned out on that. You're done. Date. Oops. Um, so this is happening in China. Or I guess, wait, Sony is testing a groundbreaking new technology this week, Cine Asia, which I guess is like the conference that must be in Asia. Yeah. Um, so Variety has reported that Insidious, the last key, will be the guinea pig for some new technology. Uh, it's called haptic technology. And what is it, you ask? Yeah, what is it? The haptic technology was developed by Sony Pictures Entertainment, uh, Sony Corporation, and Sony PCL, a specially designed vest provides tactile sensations on the body that are concurrent with the narrative of the film. Unreal. Visitors to Cine Asia can choose to experience a 15-minute segment or the entire movie, which is being played at the AMC Pacific Place. The haptic immersion experience takes the film goer to the next level and literally feeling the visceral sensations of the frights and thrills of the film. Whoa. I That's pretty crazy. I would absolutely try that. I would love to try it. I don't, don't know if it has like a mainstream appeal as far as every theater in America, but yeah, I would pay top dollar to... Uh, to try those ones, especially a horror movie or things like, like jumping and kind of like giving little bumps and stuff like that. If they did this in New York for this movie, I would yeah. pay money to see it. I would love to see a insidious or ghost story type movie in that 4DX, like the moving chairs. Oh, Imagine yeah. how effective it would be if they can like now, because there's speakers in the they chairs. They could fake you out. Yeah, and like, they can, like, like whispers you. behind your ears, like behind you or just oh some shit like God. that. Like, like really add to that like sensory of like things just scaring the shit out of you. Or, or Oh yeah, that's a yeah, great idea. Yeah, people say it's like people... 
want that for like action movies. I agree. No. It should 100% be horror. Dude, could you imagine that shit during uh, Annabelle creation? I would have been Holy shit. Out. Like the wheelchair scene where he's like pushing her to, where the, 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 the ghost is pushing her towards the shed. If you were in like a fucking chair like moving that, like making you feel like you're moving that fast in a wheelchair, such a, that would be so scary. Yeah, I'm all into Please that. Please make that. Um, right. And that movie I'm very excited for. I love the last Insidious movie. Yeah, yeah, it was great. That's need sad. to rewatch. I want to rewatch that whole series. I've seen one a lot. Mm-hmm. I've only seen three. I've seen three twice, but I've seen the second one only once in theaters, and I thought it was okay. Mm-hmm. I would love to rewatch it. If I re- recall, it's a movie that, like, on paper, the script must is great, mm-hmm. but it just like doesn't translate well. I think it takes place mostly in the, the further, or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like super. Like weird. what's the name? Patrick Wilson was like lost the whole time in there. It was really yeah, kind of whatever. That's what I remember. Yes, but one and three were definitely like really dope for sure. Yeah, and uh, more news. Wolf Creek season two, which means that there was a season one, <laughs> yeah, is out. So. <laughs> so season two is available in Australia right now, which led me to find out that Wolf Creek has a TV show and that season one had was no just idea. added to Shudder like a month ago. All right, we'll have to check that out. I had no so, idea. Shudder, not stars? Shudder. Oh, wow. That says Stan. Oh, who's Stan? Stan is a, must be the stars in Australia. <laughs> um. It's only six episodes, season two, so I'm assuming season one is similar. Okay. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. Let us know if it's any good, if you've watched it. Yeah, I thought Wolf Freak was just okay. I agree with that. So. Rob Lowe mm-hmm. is directing and starring in a remake for the Lifetime channel mm. of The Bad Seed, the 1956 classic Oscar-nominated movie, which for me was the first horror movie I ever saw. Really? Oh, yeah. My mom, I think, showed it to me. Or it was on. It was probably on AMC all the time when I was a kid. Okay. Um, but that movie, you know, is just about a young girl who is the personification of evil, and it kills people. And it, like, I think, if I recall, it's like they all seem to be like these far-fetched freak accidents. But she yeah. did them all. Remember that movie Identity with John Cusack? Where I do. The, the where it's like a mystery room? and Amanda Peet. It's like who did it? Yeah, I know. And then the end, it would turn out to be the kid. Yeah. And it was also all in a crazy guy's head. Yeah. It was so bad. That movie had such. I remember wanting it to be so much so better. So good. Than it was. Look, like, oh my God, it's going to be an incredible mystery. And then halfway through it, they're like, yeah, all this is his personality inside this crazy guy's head. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what? And it turned out to be the kid. So stupid. But that's the same thing where it's like when they show the uh, the end where it reveals the kid was or- he like set up all these things so these people would die in these horrific ways. And uh, so stupid. So dumb. Yep. Uh, more news. Justice League, which we all know is you know doing fine at the box office internationally, was well, a huge hit. Just fine. Really, I think it's the, the the typical headline on this movie now is like the most successful bomb of all time. Cause yeah, like it's bombing. Right. It's doing way worse than it should, but it's still fine. Yeah. Um. So that is going to have an effect on the on the series. Has it made like uh, its money back yet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it needed to make like I think five hundred fifty or something. I think it did that. Let's see. It's at 633 worldwide, 65% foreign. It's a, it's about to hit 220 domestic, which is funny. You know why? Why? Because Star Wars hit 220 in a weekend. Yeah. This weekend. I'm, I'm and Justice League yeah. has not even got there yet. Unfucking believable. That's pretty crazy. Nobody cares about Justice League. So just uh, DC, Warner Brothers is planning a shakeup and restructuring of its DC films operation following the box office disappointment Justice League. This was like a foregone conclusion. Yeah. We all knew this was going to happen. What else? What, but I mean, like, what do you think that means? Are they just going to fire and hire new people? They're going to new executives. What are they? John Berg will be leaving his current job, running the comic book films production division. A search is underway for his replacement. Berg will instead become a production partner with Roy Lee, the producer of Lego Movie and It. 
this is something that John approached me about six months ago, and he expressed his goal was to ultimately be a producer of the studio, says Warner Brothers picture group president Toby Emmerich. That's bullshit. That's yeah. what they say when yeah. bad things happen. Homing a fire because he can't cut it. Yeah, so Warner's expected to name a new person to run point. Jeff Jones, who is partnered with Berg on much of his creative, on much of the creative direction of the movies, is expected to continue to serve as DC Entertainment's chief creative officer. Johns, who reports to DC President Diane Nelson, works in areas such as TV and has written various episodes for DC-inspired shows, uh, publishing and consumer products. In addition to his contribution to the film, going forward, his work on the films may evolve and could be more advisory in nature. Mm-hmm. These people also say that Emmerich is weighing the idea of further integrating DC's film operations into the studio's main movie arm. Okay. That would entail putting the division under the same roof rather than having DC remain in their separate building on the lot. So it's like they're getting like roped back in. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe they shouldn't be a separate entity right. after all. Marvel, which is owned by Disney, does operate its comic book division aut- autonomously. But of course. But studios such as Fox and Sony produce their superhero films under the studio's banner. So that's pretty much the news. Also, it's me to remember lead me to talk about the biggest news of last week what which is that disney and fox oh yeah, yeah, yeah. fox which the implications as from like monopoly capitalism perspectives are horrifying yeah um as oh, far well. as movies and stuff x-men characters are now open season for marvel and so are simpsons characters yeah they could if they wanted to they could put the simpsons they in could the do a wolverine movie. fucking homer simpson movie no problem imagine a star wars alien crossover Face huggers on the Millennium Falcon. Holy shit, Come I didn't on. even think about that. That's possible now. I didn't even think I about that. I don't think they ever would. I didn't even think about but that. Like, yeah. The possibilities are there. That's right. Well, I want to say something about this whole DC thing. Uh, we had two weeks ago, Business Insider had their Ignition uh, Festival. Yes. And Chris Hardwick was there. And yes. our, our colleague, Graham Flanagan, got a chance to interview him. So this is what Graham said, Chris said, when they talked about DC, because Chris Hardwick's and other stuff. He made a point that I think that is fair, bears repeating. He's like, you know, Marvel had been, at the time of the, uh, when the Avengers and all that shit started happening, had already been making movies for like 10 years, you know? Sure. And they had 10 years to kind of get it together, whereas DC has not. And kind of like DC's just trying to do too much too early. Yeah. And they're really blowing it. And if they were smart, they would just slow down, but of course they're not going to. That's kind of what he talked about Chris Hardwick. Now, me stepping away from that, oh, you just pointed out uh, how Star Wars did so much better than Justice League. Not only is Star Wars obviously dialed in and been around for God knows how many years, but even when Disney buys Star Wars, they're putting out one Star Wars movie a year. And doesn't it seem like Star Wars is everywhere? Yes. How many fucking... DC movies came out in a year, at least three. Yeah, and that's not—I mean, that's not even including before when they did the 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 Superman one that Zack Snyder did. That that looked it was like, like Batman, Suicide Squad. Remember right Superman, Suicide Squad, Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman, Justice League, all in like probably a year and a half. Months or something. Yeah, yeah. That's preposterous to think that they're gonna have them. And then you look at what's going on Justice League. It's like, yeah, maybe because you guys are doing too much goddamn shit so often. Like, and they just no one liked. I mean, Batman Superman was a cr- like it made enough money and yeah. was successful. Yeah. No one liked it. No one liked it. No one it. likes any and of these they movies. Let Snyder just stay and like, yeah. do more. And case in point, I mean, I'm sure Gal Gal Gadot. Gadot. Gal Gadot. Uh, I'm sure she's stoked about being a, a now an international movie star. I'm sure Jason Momoa is stoked about. It. I'm sure the main people are stoked about how big it is. But then when you have you're building or you're holding your franchise one of the main shoulders is Ben Affleck and the guy is like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah. That, I mean, that's really bad. Yeah. The fact they're already talking about like, oh, they're going to do the Batman movie and they're going to like swap out Batman. The latest I heard is John Hamm wants it really bad and is like, great. And he's like, I think that would be great. He'd be incredible in it. Yeah. Do you, do you think they'll be like, 
they'll just like do a thing where it's like Batman dies and another guy takes over, or, or, or like no, like th- they're just gonna show him like hey, here comes Bruce Wayne, it's gonna be John Hamm. Last Case in point, though, if that is what they do, if it's just like Batman with should. John Hamm, they should. N- I find me one person who's gonna be like, "What happened to Affleck?" Yeah, no zero. One care. Zero people will give a shit. It's like in uh, Marvel, they did that. They got rid of uh, Darren Howard and put Don Cheadle in. Yeah, who was uh, uh it was one of the X Men? Was it uh, Storm? Who was the one that just like no? Who played um, Jean Grey? It was uh, what's her name? Famke. They f- they they uh, they they swapped her out, didn't they? Well, I think that was a uh, different because it was she like became the Phoenix or whatever. or something. Oh, uh, my point yeah. is this. DC, like, if they don't slow down on purpose, they're going to be forced to be slowed down. Well, they already have to... Their slate includes right now, like, the Flash solo movie, which has dropped three directors, at least. I think maybe four now. Right. It just still hasn't got off the ground. They have... Real quick. The Cyborg movie, which Real who quick. the fuck wants that? Fla- f- yeah, Flash and Cyborg. You gotta be kidding me. No one wants to see these movies. <laughs> if you, hey, the Flash movie comes out this weekend. I'd be like, get, get the fuck out of my face with that shit. That, that movie, unless they can make it for $1,100, that movie's gonna lose fucking money. Yeah. Who gives a fuck about the fucking Flash? Find and me they have a, Aquaman. Find me more boring superhero than the Flash. I was excited for Aquaman before Justice League, then I saw it, and it's like... That character sucks. The way, the way they rendered it, it's terrible. Yeah. And I don't even want to see it's what's his name made it. James Wan. Was it James Wan's gonna be Justin Lin? James Wan. Okay. Hey, Wan's cool, but yeah, exactly. Because they're pushing this out so fast. I get the I get the strategy of let's get the Justice League movies out first so we introduce everyone to the characters and then splinter it off. Huge mistake. I mean, what was uh how many um, Avenger character movies did we have before the first Avengers, right? We had Iron, Iron Man, Man movies. We had Captain America movies. Yep. Who else is in the Avengers? Hulk. We had Hulk movies. Yeah. Who else was... Uh, but the Hulk movie was another one where it was Edward Norton and they just swapped Yeah, that kind of stunk. For, yeah, uh, yeah. I guess swapping swapping out not that big of a deal. But this, I, Well, it's funny that Ben Affleck is clearly done. He doesn't want to yeah, be he's in out, anymore. Yeah. But his contract might make him be in like Justice League 2. Oh, those are going to be such great movies when he's, when he's he steps out, he's on screen and you're like, there's a guy who hates what he's doing. Well, the fucked up part is... There's a, really, guy, who, there's a guy who will only do one take, show up at 10, leave at 3. He's not them. It's the funny thing. It's just yeah, like he's, a role, fi- he's a fine actor. The role doesn't require much, I guess. I guess what I'm saying is... I don't. You can't get me to care about what's that? What's in, what's in uh, uh, Justice League? Five of them. Yeah. How the fuck are you gonna make an even th- an, not even three hour movie with five main characters who are all like have incredible backstories, incredible rich history? How can you even scratch the surface on one of those guys, let alone five in one movie? You can't. And they're like, hey, great news! Now we're doing an Aquaman movie. He was so boring in the Justice League. I don't want they made they blew it because now it's like, well, who I saw Aquaman, Cyborg, and Flash. I hate them because they're boring and they're barely in these movies. Why would I go see a movie about them now? It's such a fucking mistake what they're doing. It's like fuck you guys. So, I mean, this I I heard that they're redoing the slate. I I heard that maybe they've even cut some stuff at this point. Yeah, I don't. They're know. gonna cut so much more. I feel like they should just literally start over. Like it's so bad, but like I don't want. No one wants to see his origins again. Maybe just go a different direction and like continue the threads that are working. Here's a crazy idea: slow down. Yeah, they're trying. I mean, are they making more money putting out bomb after bomb? Than with no, the they're gonna. They're gonna rethink it now. If they could, if they only did, if they only could do one next year, even if it was the fucking Flash movie, and like we got to put all of our. Re- I mean, who saw Guardians of the Galaxy being a hit? I mean, you know right. what I mean? Like, Ant Man was a huge hit. Nobody saw that coming. It's it's possible to make a second tier or even third tier superhero movie. Just do it good. A smash success. Yeah. Thank you. And that takes yeah. a lot of effort and everyone working together, not p- like just kind of putting like a you know. 10% of effort because you're trying to make 10 movies at once. It's truly crazy that it's it's gotten this I bad. I can't believe how stupid they're being about this. Yeah. Like, think. Oh, well. Well, they'll figure it out. Yeah, give us the franchise. We'll take it. Yeah. 
Next. Uh, so, though the news this week that led me to read a long-form article on the lawsuit mm-hmm. is that Warner Brothers finally s- they settled. There was this $900 million lawsuit over The Conjuring where the, basically this guy who wrote a book about the Warrens mm-hmm. claimed that like they stole his portrayal and that he should be paid a bunch. The details are not revealed. Clearly, Warner Brothers did not pay even close to that much. Who knows what they settled with? Yeah. But this lawsuit got wild. In addition to... Yeah. In addition to the the author's lawsuit, there's a producer of the film who was suing, and what is said producer suing about? Tony Derusa Grund was suing over they screwed him out of profits on the sequels. Okay. So he so now what happened is a declaration Friday this this last Friday, Gerald Brittle, who's the author who was suing them, revealed that the producer Tony Derusa Grund has been controlling my litigation from the start. So this producer was just like. Throwing shit at the wall with this guy trying to get more lawsuits. So he, okay, so so he was one, helping okay. aiding and abetting, uh-huh, which uh-huh. also leads to this other story, uh-huh. another lawsuit that it's clear it's clear this guy was just conspiring to get a lawsuit to get some money from them yeah. and threw everything at the wall he could. But this one is crazy. Um, let me see if I can read about it. It appears that top studio executives were made aware just weeks after the first film opened in 2013 of allegations that in the early 1960s, Ed Warren, the you know, Ed Warren yeah, in the movie, the main Patrick character, Wilson, yeah. uh, initiated a relationship with an underage girl with Lorraine's knowledge. You don't say. Yeah. Wait, so, so a guy who's a professional ghost hunter is also sort of a creep? Weird. <laughs> so the the weird part of this is that this woman is now in her 70s who claims she was fucking Ed. Okay, um, but back then people were like... Super weird about it. Yeah, but like back that. then I was like, oh, I'm da- I mean, how old was the girl when he dated her? I'm not saying it was okay, but it was like, I'm she sure. She was young, but okay. let's see. Now in her 70s, Judith Penny has said in a sworn declaration that she lived in the Warrens' house as Ed's lover for 40 years. It is unclear whether... Wait, while Warren- they were married? Yeah. That's weird. And it's corroborated in like old, lit- old, the old books he would write, uh, or even like, you know, when the Warrens are gone, there's this woman there named Judith who like stays there. She's young. It's like 40 weird. 40 years? Yeah. Four decades, yeah. Jesus. Um, so and like so the I mean after forty years is it really your side piece? Yeah, no. I mean that's like a, that's just like your second wife. Why yeah. would you Why would you date someone for forty years if you're married? I thought the whole point of cheating was because you wanted something new. What's new about fucking forty years? I'm not condemning any of this <laughs> behavior, but if you're gonna do it, like just fucking swap out to chicks. So this has led to a lawsuit though because. Th- Whatever that fucking producer, whoever else is on board with this, yeah. they're saying like you can't say based on a true story because you're lying about the relationship. And every, of course, the lawyers are like, "Yeah, grain of salt, please." Like people <laughs> know when they watch like a based on a true story, there's liberties taken. Yeah, and there's even you know every movie like this ends with something saying facts have been distorted to whatever. So like, there's no case for that one. Mm, yeah, I but know. like this was just like. The, the lengths they went, like this is a very long article detailing like everything about it. It's, it's, it's pretty funny, man. This guy really wants his money. It's crazy how much he's got much money. What, well, he but was these a producer, are, these are a billion dollar franchise now. Like it's so, there's so much money to be had. Uh, okay, but. He got some money though. I mean, they settled. It's not like it's, it just, right. just ended. I'm just saying like maybe like put more effort into making money producing, you know, your job. Yeah. So a dis, so uh, the Warners declined to comment. Ed is dead. Lorraine's like 90 and doesn't talk. To them anymore yeah apparently lorraine only got like a, they only got 150 grand who did for like the rights for these movies like, of course of course um, you're always gonna get screwed over if someone if someone comes uh, sneaking uh, sniffing around and wants to uh do you a favor of uh, presenting your art or your story to a wider audience understand you're about to get screwed yeah they don't come to you because they want to help you make money they want you to help them make money good looking out dummy right well, she's also 90 what's she gonna do with that dough anyway 
And uh, an attorney for the Warner Brothers Studios has asserted in court papers that a disgruntled author and a producer suing a studio over profits from the franchise are pushing the story of the Warrens' personal lives as a part of a vendetta. It's like, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. exactly what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else is here that's interesting? Just talks about you know the precedent uh, of fact-based movies, like you know, fact zero, based. Dark, zero Dark Thirty is not entirely true, but no, like no not. one fucking yells about that. What's well, a movie? Exactly. Yeah. Um. So. Basically, the uh, the Hollywood Reporter got all these documents that prove that basically prove that yes, this Penny, this woman did all that stuff is true. Was his girlfriend? His yeah, and yeah, and she has said a lot about it. She was 15 at the time, and he was 30. All right, yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, so he's he got Weinstein from posthum from, from beyond, beyond the, the grave. grave. Well, that's the time to do it. <laughs> Yeah, so it's all fucked up, but that... that I mean, all it, this, was anyone walking around thinking like, man, that guy who's a professional ghost hunter medium sure has a lot of character. No, it's just funny because the movies really do, like, they're such like a perfect like couple, you know? The movie really yeah, plays up their like, love. Of course. Um, so it's that lawsuit's now over, Yeah, is the, is the, is the news. But I thought it was amazing. That is, it's really incredible how like, how deep it goes. But $900 million lawsuit. That's so fucking Jesus funny. Jesus Christ. Get All that right, green. Uh, time to talk about what we want. Ready? <gasps> what did you want? want? All, right. All right. Do you want to talk about Star Wars first? Okay. How was it? Uh, the more I think about it, the more I like it. But you, real quick, Brett sent me a hilarious text about oh, it. He's like, th- he's like, dude, it was amazing. Could have been 45 minutes shorter. That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, could have, yeah. Could, you could have cut the half the movie well, out. It would have been better. I'm trying to just... It's not 40, half the movie. The movie's long. 45 it's two minutes. two and a half hours. It's good, plus 45 minutes. Two and a half hours. Oh, fuck the you. The problem is... Okay, there are things in it that I love. We can do spoilers here. What's going on? No, no, no. I won't spoil anything. Okay. There are things in there that I love. Yeah. And then there are literally entire subplots that run through the whole movie that are just there because the characters exist and like yeah ryan johnson felt like he had to write them in okay it's very clear that's what have that's what happened but the overall uh message i guess of the movie is interesting the nostalgia it's basically like a big middle finger to the nostalgia of it all it's like yeah we're done with the past like yeah. the past is bad it shits old yeah good um that's interesting ryan johnson i think knocked out of the park for what he you know i i, I kind of attribute the in the shoehorning in of subplots to like, yeah, the studio needed that those boxes to be ticked. And of course, because so like, those subplots will be their own sure movies. I think Ryan Johnson made as good a Star Wars movie as you can be made in the conditions of like this being churned out every year. Certainly. Is he's doing two? What happened is they offered him nine, the next one. Yeah. He said no, and that one's going to Abrams. But he said no, maybe because, or he did this, in, I don't know how it went down, but now he's doing, he's in charge of a new trilogy. And he's directing uh, the first Star Wars, and he's directing the first one and producing all three of them. What what's the trilogy? No one knows. It's just like uh, another Star Wars trilogy is coming. And um, maybe the, maybe ten, eleven, twelve, or maybe it's something parallel. I don't really know. And they're shooting the Han Solo movie, right? Han Solo movie will be out in May. That's the one that uh, Ron Howard was stepped in to, to, to finish. Stepped right? in to finish, yeah. Okay. Uh, and what's his name stepped out? The guys who were doing like Twenty One Jump Street and the Lego Movie guys. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Donald um, Glover's in it. Yeah, so they so that's coming out in May, and then the next Star Wars will be what in uh, two years from this month. So it sounds like one summer, one winter on off. It's one summer, one winter on off, and every s- winter is like the numbered one. Gotcha. The main, the main. We'll call it the main, the main st- event. The main event. Yeah. yeah. So so right, right there, it's like two movies a year, and, uh, and like 
You said that this movie opened up to the second biggest box office of all time. What was the first one? Star, Star Wars The Force Awakens. There you go. Like, yeah. what, one movie a year and they're fucking killing it. And they've been doing it for three years, two years? Yeah, three. And they just the fucking just showed up and took the game over. They took it from Marvel. Clue took it from DC. I like, although Star Wars is really Buy irritating now. Stock. I know, you look at it and be like, see, it doesn't need to be uh, fucking 12 movies at once. Just let it breathe. I bet at some point in a couple of years they'll do two a year, but it's like, just get the foundation I down. I do agree yeah, guys. the let it breathe thing is, is good, but it's interesting because I do feel like Star Wars, I mean, they're diluting their brand too because remember how much an event it was when the pool, I, I can't imagine what it was Still like is. in the 70s. I know, but like, no, it's, it feels less so to me now. Like, yeah, his movies I didn't get movies tickets for this for one you. until the day of. His movies out for you. In the, for I kids. Know. In the past, I would have bought tickets, you yeah. know, months in advance. I just didn't. It's like, it just, it, it's hard to get as excited now. But it is, once the title card comes up, it's like a long, you know, yeah. long time ago, like, was far away. Everyone yeah, goes nuts. Here we and go, the yeah. title comes. It still feels good. It's yeah. great. And this one, um, I'm, I'm going to speak in broad strokes. I'm not going to read anything. You should, you should see it. I will see it. I will see it. Um, though... The action, while few and far between, when it's there, it's really good. Okay. There's some really awesome battle sequences. I still think Kylo Ren is just a shitty villain. I just don't like Adam Dry. Like, he's not menacing to me at all. Okay. Um, but he could grow into a menacing one. Yeah, no. The, the, how much his, of a bitch uh, his, Anakin his Skywalker was. Yeah. His trajectory is better here. Um, the stuff with Luke is great. Uh, Ray. What's the really girl's name? Fun. Ray. Yeah, Ray's, Ray's good. The problem is, you'll see, the Finn storyline is completely superfluous. John Boyega? Yeah. Oh, no. It sucks. He's my guy. I know. He's Boyega's awesome. my guy. Uh, we'll talk about that when you see it. Uh, it's. I, I liked it more than Force Awakens a lot. Sure. I liked it more than Rogue One. It's the best of the new ones. It's better than all the prequels. So it's like, it's a good... Yeah. It. I think fans are... It's crazy because apparently the audiences are split. Apparently fans are really upset by it, uh, some of them. Probably because it's like, hey, fuck your past. We don't care. That's the thing. People were mad at Force Awakens for being too safe. And now the same people I think are mad. This one took risks. No, people like, are people. People are mad because they want because it's like, hey, you're talking about Star Wars and not me. So let me tweet my anger. So we can yeah. th- get, let's get the conversation well, back movie, on me. I and guess me and the kind of could be seen as a middle finger to the fans. Good. Like, it was like fuck them. It's like fuck your shit. Get a fucking life. On. All right. Yeah. The, the first Star Wars came out in '77. It's been 40 years. Yeah. It's 40 years. We're doing something else, guys. Uh. I commend Ryan Johnson. I think he really knocked out of the park. Uh, even though I have a problem with the pacing, it's just there's it's just there's too much. Okay. There's too much thrown in. If it if it was streamlined to the point of all the good parts, like it could be a there's a great 110 minute movie there, like a perfect Star Wars movie. Yeah. Movie. Okay. But instead, we get a two and a half hour, mostly really good one. I'll see it at some point. You should see it. See it in theaters. Oh, I'll try and do like I wait till like Nighthawk gets. I'll just go there and see it there. So I can like have a couple. It's at Alamo. You see it at Alamo. Alamo. Your card works at Alamo now. Oh, does it? Did you know that? Yeah. yeah, no, the problem with the card thing is like if these things sell out, I, I can't get it. Yeah, but wait a bit. Unless I, sh- yeah, unless I show up like an hour before it starts or whatever. Yeah, what I do in those situations ideally is go a little early and like, you know, have plans to get dinner and then. Yeah, Mo's, uh, in the new year, Mo's going out to LA to find her spot, our place. So while she's gone for like a week, I'm going into a. I just go see it then. Go nerd out? Yeah, well, because well, like she, uh, she wants to see it less than I do. And it just, she doesn't have movie pass, it becomes like a whole thing. So I try to see other movies she doesn't want to see when she's gone. Nice plan. Thank you. All right, so I will probably see Star Wars at some point. What else? Did you watch anything? Yes, sir. Uh, I So starting from the bottom up, I watched the bunch of episodes on the new Amazon series, Jean-Claude Van Johnson. What is this? Guys, from the outside perspective or from the outside, it looks kind of dumb. It's actually really clever and a lot of fun. Okay, what so is the premise that? is this. Well, if you remember that JCVD movie that came out a while ago? I do. It's a little bit like that, but the I TV like show. Here's how it goes. 
He's in it. Yes. Okay. The idea is that Jean-Claude Van Damme, in the backstory, when he was an international movie star, whenever it was in the 80s and early 90s, he also was secretly a CIA secret agent, some sort of secret agent. I know that's not what JCVD is, but in the sense of like, it's very meta. It's meta, right. And the reason that his career ended is that he wanted to retire from the CIA or whatever he was involved, and therefore he retired his career. Now we catch up to him where he's an older guy and he wants to get back into the game for various reasons that are coming out. So he has a bit of a romantic interest in an agent that he used to work with. And also there's like a subplot or a, a plot where uh, an evil villain is trying to take over the world that is slowly being revealed in a very funny and clever way. In order for him to come back, he has to make a career comeback. So it's this thing of like, is he a washed up agent trying to uh, to do this uh, a gig again, you know, get back in the agency and be the spy or, or, or the whatever the the rogue agent that he once was and then also can he get his movie career going again so parallels this guy who's trying to make it seem like he's trying to do a comeback and he's doing, and the movie that he's working on right now in the series is the reboot of huckleberry finn called huck <laughs> or it's like an action adventure huck That's movie and it's just like so so it's like and everyone's like oh van damme's so old and washed up we got to deal with this guy and but he's also trying to do this like mission where he goes out at nights and, and, and like sneaking around, like trying to go undercover and stuff. But he's but he's Van Damme, right? You know. So while he's doing that and trying to get back into the, um, I guess the espionage game, and he's balancing these two things because when people know he's a spy, it's just really clever. It works on multiple levels. It's incredibly self aware because he also too has like the ego where like. People don't know who he is. He's constantly having to remind people about Van Damme and like never heard of you and, and try to be an old action star in new action movies and also be an old fighter in a young fighter's game. It's it's really well done and very funny and Mo and I enjoyed a lot. Is it over? You've watched we haven't watched it? the whole thing, but the whole series is now it's on like Amazon six, seven, Prime. eight episodes? I think it's like an eight episode series or six. Check it out. It's very funny. It's very well done. Jean-Claude Van Johnson. What's the Johnson thing? That's his real name. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Or that's his... That's his uh, Spy name, I, I think. See. Okay. And uh, then I watched Good Time. Tell me how much you loved it I because loved I raved it. it like, oh, oh my God, it's excellent. I totally it's get the It's so hype. depressing in a weird way. Yeah. It's sad. It reminded that, me. His brother's the, one of the directors. I know, that, I know. Yeah. And uh, um, it's good because it reminded me in a spiritual way of, of Hell or High Water. Okay. Where the movie is... Saying fuck you to like capitalism and stuff. Sort of, but the movie is about another movie about people who fall through the cracks that yes. the that the the country doesn't talk about a lot. This time it's a bunch of white mooks and queens. You know, they're, they're who put on blackface to rob a bank. I know, it's or very, like this black person. There's a lot of weird yeah. racial stuff going on in that movie. But I mean, hey man, I've lived in and around. You know, I live in Brooklyn for three years now. I'm, yeah. I'm close to Queens. Yeah, and those like. Action Bronson, Boathead, white guy, yeah. you know, Eastern European related, fuck up, fuckhead guys, yeah. mooks. I don't know what to say. Like other, you yeah. know, like uh, Mets fans, Yankee fans, Giants fans. You know the guy. Like, everyone in the country knows him. Talk about yeah. like, that New York fucking white idiot, drug addict, fucking peddler, racist, dumb high school dropout. There's a what I thought was such a stroke of genius in the movie. First of all. I'm seeing too many too many bad movies these days, and what makes them bad is a lot of characters walk in and they basically declare what they think and how they're feeling and say a lot of things like, "Look, I'm like this." You have to understand, I'm from here, and that's what I'm like this. Right. This movie doesn't do any of that shit. It's written and performed so well. We get in the story with these guys, and no one stops to talk about. Here's what it's like here in Queens, and this is what we got to do to survive. It's just like it's granular in this couple, this this brother story, this brother love story. The opening, it's just brutal from the opening. I was devastated. Yeah, I oh, know. It opens with that, that, that a little bit of a spoiler alert, but I don't think you really need. Know anything about this movie to see to know how good just it is. Just watch Good Time. Yeah, it's it gets pretty. Annoying. 
you, you can tell from it, like they rob a bank and it kind of goes wrong. And it's just like chaotic moment after chaotic moment, moment for Robert Patterson's character trying to basically like do Robert something Pattinson good. Robert is amazing in this movie. And him and the people he run into, everyone in this movie, and I would say a lot of people who are street smarts in the boroughs of New York are either genius morons or moron geniuses. Yeah. Every single person is moving. That's what makes this movie so rich. You can point to, even if the person's in the movie for like a second, you're like, that guy did something incredibly smart and incredibly stupid. Everyone's doing something like that. And that's what you get that feel here in the boroughs. But you know what? Usually in most like, I hate to say poor, low income yes. neighborhoods where you need to be incredibly smart to survive, right. but also the fact that you're really stupid is why you're kind of stuck in these situations. Case in point, Robert Patterson, his character, Pattinson, Pattinson excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think his name is Constantine or Connie in the movie. Yeah. The, at, at any given moment, he does something in a situation. It's like, oof, man, this, this guy, is the worst possible. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's the smartest way to get out of the situation, but also he's acting like a fucking idiot. When he's in that girl's house. Oh my gosh. I know. So smart to get in there, but does everything wrong, <laughs> but then convinces her to go do a thing, which is smart. I, but when he gets involved in that other guy, and I'm not ruining how he gets involved in this other guy. Oh, it's that's so ki- genius. That's kind of that like. That guy's great too. That guy was so good in it. Just never as, stops talking. As, as their relationship <laughs> kind of unfolds, this guy that he kind of like has to get involved with to do various things. Again, I can't, even if I told you what they're up to, you'd be like, what is this movie about? It's just like. It's like a twisted fairy tale. Yeah. It or, takes place in like one night. Or almost like a crank where it's like yeah. problem to solve other problem, but bigger problem arises. And I got to team up with this person, who other problem, but this guy's more of a pain in the ass. So I got to do this to get rid of this guy. But his this, fucking girlfriend, Jennifer did, Jason Lee, right? Yes. Oh my <laughs> god. I mean, every character in it. Like, first of all, also, I'm kind of free associating. Every character movie, in this movie, you're like, yeah, I went to high school with that person. Yeah. I know exactly who that is. That's yeah. the kind of movie you watch with someone you grew up in, no matter where you're from. You're like, dude, that's totally like that fucking asshole I went to high school yeah. with. Or that's to- I know a person like this, or I knew a guy like this from this scene. But this guy that Robert Pattinson has to deal with for like half the movie, and just. No redeeming quality to this guy. <laughs> they get in an argument about like, don't judge me. You don't know me. No, I know exactly who you are. And it's perfect because it's like uh, Connie, Robert Pattinson's character, in some ways moves throughout the movie being like, I'm doing a, I'm doing bad things nobly. I had to rob this bank. I had to do all these bad things to help his brother. Right. So he kind of like is acting like, I'm doing a good thing. I'm like a, you know, a, yeah. a, whatever, Robin, a Robin Hood, Hood yeah. or whatever. But he's pals has to pal around with this piece of shit where it's like, I'm having a hard time from the outside seeing the difference between either of you two guys. And he's like, you don't fucking know me, man. You don't know what I'm doing. It's just like, yeah, who, who's to say there's much difference between these two characters? Yeah. Like they could, they can go on a tent all day. One guy's trying to help his brother. The other guy's trying to make money, do drugs just to like avoid staying out of prison and have, you know, keep his buzz or his high going or right. make a couple bucks. Who gives a shit if he's honest or not? And like, I don't like, you know, you're both at the end of the day, Taking advantage of people all around you. I mean, they both literally ruin the lives of everyone they run into. In Every, single person. Every single Every person. Every single person is going to have to deal with their bullshit. It's, but it's like, it's like boom, boom, boom. It's a really good version of a bad movie I saw several years ago. I think in 2002 called Spun. Did you ever see this oh, movie? Oh, yeah. I did see that. It wasn't very good. Yeah. But that kind of that feel of like Spun is about a bunch of drug addicts trying to get some meth, trying to get some money to buy some meth or turn a trick to get some meth or fuck up trying to get meth or being high in meth or dealing drugs. And just like it's cr- it's just nonstop craziness, right? Yeah. That movie is this movie is a great version of that of like it does not stop for a second. It is a guy. The to, score is amazing. Yeah. It looks beautiful. It's my it's yeah. number one, two, or three. It's <laughs> so fucking good. I believe the hype. It's excellent. But it really makes you when you're done watching it, you're like, this is the part. This is the problem. This is like a um what do you call it? A symptom 
or a cause of what how our country is kind of rotting out. Yeah. Like people who have fallen through the cracks, people who need to commit crimes to survive, his mentally handicapped brother who clearly is getting not getting the treatment he deserves. They mentioned the different foster homes. Like people who have fallen through the cracks and therefore are doing what they can to survive and the fallout affects fucking I will say hundreds of people in this movie. Never on the people that they initially run into like that security guard this other drug dealer that girl that girl's family like every person the cop from the hospital every single the 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 bus driver who who didn't know any better from the hospital Mm, yeah you know every single one of those people now are if fucking if they don't lose their job because of these people they're gonna do some jail time or something like that because they got fucked because these people took advantage of them to move on and that is because they're poor is going to affect the people they have to uh raise and therefore it's gonna affect those people like you just see like every single person including Rob, Robert Pattinson sorry I'm just so passionate about this movie every single person in this movie not only are they holding on by a thread but the people they take advantage to and fuck over to, to not get busted also are hanging on by a thread and exactly. you, just, you just see like the collateral damage of everything you don't see it but you just know like that woman who let them into it's the house devast- it's not is, a fun is going to it's lose her job and she's gonna lose her job she's gonna lose her house who knows what's gonna happen to her she's too old to get another job it's all just fucking bad 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 you're like god it is but but, but it doesn't say that it doesn't go no. and this is a pro- it's just like you see it play out and you're just like damn dude when you are poor when you are broke and when you're hanging on by a thread forget you walk the straight and narrow it just takes any bad decision, any showing someone some kindness, anything like that, and it can ruin your life. You can just get your life ruined just tangentially, mm-hmm. and that's what's so that's what's so fucked up. That's what, that, that is a that's a subtle message in the movie. They don't they don't express. It's just like you watch. It's just there. That's the movie. I know. You watch a life in times of poverty. You're like, God fucking damn it, dude! Like it's fucking great. I thought Hella High Water, although a completely different movie in style and tone, is the same thing. It's just being like when you. Have people where they're pushed to the edge, pushed to the margins, and have no other choice, and have to convert to a life of crime to survive. It's just not just them who suffer. It's like everyone fucking suffers, and it's, it's a beautiful movie. It's excellent. I wish everyone gets a chance to see it. I agree so much. Yeah. Did, did Mo Good like time. it a lot? What? Did Mo like it a lot? She thought it was just okay. Yeah. I, I didn't think she got a chance every, to think too much about it. Uh, as I hate to say it, every woman I've talked to doesn't like it. I think on surface it seems... It's, like, it's just a gross movie. I think, I think on surface it looks just another like, you know, crank, free fire, fast talking, fast moving, kind of action paced pro movie. But I think it says a lot about what's going on in this country, especially in inner cities uh, by, the, by the lower class. And what happens to people when they are completely, uh, uh, I guess, marginalized and ignored? We, it shows like we just we're right now currently pass, passing tax bills that take all money away from this class of people. And right now you look at it, like they don't even have close to enough from psychiatric treatment to police to like when he goes to the jail cell and they're packed in there like sardines and a fight starts and they all get mace and then he gets the shit out of him. He gets put in a hospital. The hospital's a fucking dump. All these people are struggling just to survive and now they're even getting more money taken away. It's just like, what the fuck do you think is, it's like, this is what's really going on in this country and it's really brutal and really important and, and done. It's just, I'd say this mwah. is, yeah. I saw it on a list of like the most American movie of the year. Yeah, like it oh, should be. Yes. <laughs> Hella High Water was America's movie last year. Yeah. This is America's movie this year. And it's Absolutely. so depressing that that's, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look at this. This is what's going on. Yeah, and, and you can, and you watch this movie too, you can now point to a character in this movie and go, you should work harder or get a job. It's just like, these are all people beyond hope, beyond help. And it's, it's, yeah, it is sad, but it's also masterfully done. Yeah, it's it's incredible. And clearly, these guys grew up in Queens. Like, this is a story that no one except people born and ra- raised in Queens could make. Did you see their last movie? Heaven knows what. No. Very good. What is it's it about? Like a, a 
a, a crack addict in New York. Yeah. It's great. No, I haven't seen it. I would love to see it. And those guys are now taking care of the 48 Hours franchise. Yeah, they're doing Put, it with Gerard Carmichael, right? Yeah, if Gerard Carmichael's a lead in that, if they make it like a fast-talking New York City criminal gets pulled out of Rikers. And, they're great for that. Yeah, and, 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 oh my God, be perfect for that. Like when I heard that and so saw the movie, I'm like, yes, if they try and make it their own the way 40 hours, I love those 40 hour movie, eight hours movie. That first 40 hours, holy shit is that movie good. And uh, th- these are the guys to do. I'm so glad that's what's happening. Sorry to talk so much about good times. I was, I'm really a good glad time. you liked it as oh, much as man. I did. Excellent fucking movie. Yes. Hell yeah. And well, the main event will be uh, uh, Better Watch Out. So, yes, I got a couple more. What do you got? Uh, quickly, I'll do the Oscar stuff. I watched The Post, which is you know mm-hmm. a very oscar baity movie about Washington the Post. Pentagon Papers. Yeah. What's the Pentagon Papers? Uh, the ones that showed that the government's been lying about Vietnam. For like years and years and years. Is it during Vietnam? No, it was after. What did they lie about? Uh, what, what was why a lie? They, they were just sending more and more troops for no reason, even though they knew they were gonna lose. Yeah. Like the whole, the, it became not. Uh, let's. Lo- it just they just kept. They knew. They just kept sending people when they knew that there was no result of it. Like, right. nothing's in the But it was change. also a thing like, we, can't, we don't know how to get out. So they the got the intel that they were losing, and they're like, uh, okay, just ignore that and send more people. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like, we'll pretend like we're going to win it. Right. So, like, that's the movie. The movie's not even about that. It's more about the decision making process of the post to publish it. Because at the time, Nixon was in office or whatever. Yep. And is. Um, uh, the New York Times, the movie should be about the New York Times because the New York Times broke the story. Yeah. What happened was the New York Times. Uh, were barred from publishing. They mm-hmm. the government said you can't write about this anymore. Yeah. So then the, the big question was like, okay, the post got the papers. Now if they publish it, like fuck, like they're yeah. Gonna, what happens? Yeah. It's like yeah, Meryl Streep's the character who like owns the paper in the movie, yeah. and like the decision. It's it's right at the time when the paper's about to go public, and like they need the money, and like, yeah. So it was a huge decision. Like the if business we versus this, integrity. Yeah. If we publish this, the company's probably gone. Every we can't write anymore. But if we don't, we're what? What's journalism for? Yeah, I understand. So, like, yeah, Clearly, it's yeah. Uh, that whole movie is about that one question, and it's a very it's Spielberg. Yeah. It's, it's very people think it's corny and that Spielberg way. I completely I. It's a very watchable movie. I do think it's corny in that in a Spielbergy way. It has a very corny like ending where it's like, oh, Watergate's about to happen. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, but uh, it's a movie that you know, rec- one of those movies that's like your parents will think is the best movie of the year. You know, I, I, I like really and well. I like it. I like really well done newspaper movies or Me too. stories. It's like, good. I, and the and cast. I liked it before I worked in journalism. I just think it's 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 really good because to me, like it makes these conversations about. What you know, the, the art versus commerce, the, you know, my rep versus my responsibilities, and it's like yeah. the stakes are always like really high. They're always just like really like hell yeah, man! Like fucking grow some fucking balls, yeah. like you know. It's good. Uh, Tom Hanks is good in it. Ben Bradley, uh, uh, the funniest pairing in uh, David Cross and Bob Odenkirk are in it. Oh, great! <laughs> Which is really funny. I n- and everyone has a crazy wig and looks nuts. Yeah. Like I was like, is that David Cross? And yeah. it was. It was crazy. I never watched. Um, what was Aaron Sorkin's HBO oh, show? The Newsroom. No, it wasn't the newsroom. Oh, yeah, it is. But there's another one. Which one? The West Wing? No, Aaron Sorkin did the show for HBO. Yeah, the newsroom. With with Jeff Daniels. The newsroom. That's what it's called? Yeah. That was about a, that was about a new show, correct? Yeah. Uh, I never watched it. It looked a little too like heavy-handed. Will McAvoy. Yeah. Was, was it good? No. Yeah, it, didn't, it just seemed like, it didn't seem like I was going to like it. No one liked it. But I will say that my personal, I say this to everyone, my favorite season of The Wire was, in fact, the last one, Com- specifically because of the newspaper stuff. Yeah, yeah. I thought that, like, the whole thing about, is this guy lying? And like, and also they were talking about the papers going out of business because of digital. I felt that that, even though it was just part of the last season of The Wire, I was always like, this is the most interesting. Maybe, like, just those, st- I thought, I was always like, man, there should be a show just about 
a newspaper at the turn of this century when digital is getting really big. And just like all those things that like all the papers be. had there to go through. will be an AMC series It's just an that. amazing story about old versus new, you know, uh, journalism versus business, integrity versus, you know, keeping the lights on, you know, the old school and the new school deal. I just, you know what? It's such, a, it's such a, it's such a, it's just so rich. Yes. And, and I just felt that like everyone's like after fucking, after the season four, Whatever the season with the uh, the high school in uh I think it's four, yeah in right? four yeah. the the the, the wire which yeah. was which was arguably the best season of any TV ever I get it but after that everyone's just like no the fifth sucked because it ended I was like you got I mean come on that season that storyline alone I forget whoever the main dude was I in would the love main, to rewatch those I have, the main black I guy one, I, two, I forget, and three a lot. I, f- I forget his name but holy fuck I'm watching this thing and I'm like I don't know who this main guy in the, st- in the newspaper thing is but put all the awards in this guy's hand he was so fucking good in it. It was just really good. Like this old, I love those old school newspaper guys. I bet there's the time when, uh, when or like a series like about when, um, fuck, Roger Ebert worked for, was it for the Sun-Times yeah, or the Trib? Sun-Times. I think the Sun-Times versus the Trib in Chicago in like the 80s when those papers fucking not only yeah. ruled news in Chicago, but also ruled news in America. Yeah. That would be an amazing show. Because yeah. they had rivalries. It's so funny. People talk about like, do you watch Fox News? You CNN. You know, people just uh, watch their own uh, news to do, to do like, yeah. you know, to placate their already existing biases. It was like, in Chicago it was, are you Sun-Times or are you the Tribune? And yeah, reading the paper on the paper basically said, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative, I'm a Democrat, I'm a Republican. Like to yeah. have that paper work was to put a flag in this, uh, put, a, put yeah. a flag, be like, this is my ideology. And people fought like that was like fucking Cubs versus Sox. Yeah. That Trib versus Sun Times. There's so much rich history. We had so many amazing journalists. Some of the world renowned journalists were in Chicago at that time. There's so much fucking good stuff there. I love a good newspaper. That's a pilot drama. you need to write, my friend. I don't know anything about it. We'll get higher a t- writing team and research. Somebody That's a do good it. idea. I would rather watch it than write it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's a good transition because the other movie I watched, the Oscar screener, was Roman J. Israel Esquire, which the entire premise is about a 70s style civil rights lawyer who was trying yeah. to adapt and survive in the current climate because basically he was like the behind the scenes guy working for this major civil rights lawyer and at his firm made 500 a week doing nothing you know he was just doing like helping the poor helping poor people who were accused of crimes yeah that that was his job so when this his partner dies and the company goes to colin farrell who's like you know the slimy white dude who's like just you know criminal defense lawyer bottom line give me money mm-hmm. um then it's a battle because you know denzel doesn't want that the guy sees his talent he's like almost like oh, like uh, Denzel's character is almost like the autistic spectrum kind of guy who's like he knows every law like just off the top of his head like you name something yeah. he knows it so he sees his skill and he wants to use him and he offers him like you know quadruple like so much money yeah. like for his job but first Denzel tries to do it like you know the right go to like the civil rights people and yeah. try to work for them but there's no money in that so the the, the movies has so many amazing ideas like that yeah. it's all about like like what do you do when like you're a good guy and you want to do the civil rights but like you like you just can't you can't get in the system uh, mm. the system's working against you so hard and like can you like when he gets in front of a judge for the first time because he's always behind the scenes he immediately gets in contempt of court for fighting with a judge about like his civil rights were violated you didn't let him pee in the when he was yeah. taken or something like that so like it's just he's just get he fails when he's trying to he's so smart yeah. and he knows the law but like he's trying the to help he can't, he's not trying to play the game yeah right he's not good at playing the game mm. so then he plays the game yeah he does it for the money and 
um, things go fine, but then the movie goes off the rails because it really tries to give him like a like a martyr of an ending. And uh, like, it just it. Goes, oh, wait, is that not a true story though? It's not at all. It seems like it should be, but it's not. It's I, have the, hard, I have a hard time with those stories where weird. it's like, look at this imaginary person who did these imaginary great things. Like, I get what you're trying to say with the message. There's got to be a real one somewhere you could. Yeah, done. like yeah. are we are we out of civil rights people to do movies about? Yeah, no, you know? it's yeah. strange. So that that's strange about it. It's yeah. uh, written. He's written and directed by Dan Gilroy, whose debut last year was Nightcrawler a couple years ago, whatever when that was. I love that movie. I know. Holy so shit. So it's a little disappointing that this is the follow-up because it had a lot of potential. I think this movie is like three-quarters great and mm. is just kind of bogged down by like useless subplots. Like yeah. It just keeps going like uh, he does stuff that's like completely out of character for what they have established. It's like, really? He wouldn't do that. Yeah. So it's just like it, it kind of falls apart at the end. But I still love the message of the movie. And it's very interesting, and I love lawyery shit too. So like mm-hmm. it was, I was, I was into it. Um, and real quick, I mean, I, I I won't watch anything with Denzel like that like that unless it's either definitely a true story or definitely not. Yeah. Because when I saw Flight, what's that one that, that that's a true story? Right? No, it's not. Also not. It's not. I thought so too. So I watched. I was like, man, that's fucking crazy. It's not a true story. I don't know what. So you watch it, you're like, when it's not, you're like, well, it's kind of a like, dumb well, story. Well, fuck this. Yeah, right? I mean, I get what's going on. Upside down, he flies through the plane upside down. Yeah, I remember hearing that, being like, I never heard about this, because I explained like, it like, like recently, like yeah. in like the 90s, 2000, I was like, holy shit, how did I never hear about this guy who landed the plane? I think I asked him, like, how did I never hear about this? And it's like, because it's not real. As my buddy Chris called it, he says the movie's it's the best drunk drivers of all time. <laughs> Iconic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, and before we talk about... Uh, Movie that I name I keep forgetting. Better watch out. Yeah, better watch out. Uh, I just want to. Doesn't seem like it's called Twas the Night. Sure, it would work too. Yeah, doesn't matter. Better watch out. Uh, I also watched Amityville: The Awakening. Ah, oh, this movie looks so bad. This By the way, Google Play was giving this one away for free for a month. I know it was uh, delayed, delayed, right delayed. Delay. It was supposed to be in theaters. Jennifer Jason Leigh's in this too. Okay. Uh, and it just eventually fell to Google Play and is online. Yeah. Uh, so it opens how you'd expect. It has like you know a little montage of like Ron DeFeo killing his family in the Amityville mm-hmm. house in 1980 whatever cut to family moving in it's bella thorne mm-hmm. the hot gothy teen mom jennifer jason lee and uh the reason they're moving is because it's you know more upstate new york near some neurological facilities because her twin brother is one of the kids from shameless if you watch shameless he's ian he's um like crippled to the point of like paralysis where he's like he's just scrunched up yeah, yeah um and he's in bed and he's just like attached to machines and like it's better for him to live there so ah that's a pretty good reason that's pretty reason to get him in good the house good reason to yeah. move there and a good premise for like horror because then like you know he miraculously starts getting better when they yeah. move Ooh. and it's like let's get him up walking around right very so, suspicious like, it's cool the premise is awesome for an Amityville movie but it, the script and everything is just terrible mm. it just ruins it like uh, it it does this meta thing where like at one point a guy literally like this guy at school is like I can't believe we moved in that house and she has no idea her mom never told her yeah. she's like what do you mean and he pulls out a DVD from his backpack mm. of the Margot Kidder James Brolin Amityville and he's like you haven't seen this and I thought that was gonna be the end of it and that was gonna be like a one joke thing yeah but then they keep doing it he shows up at their house he wants to watch the Amityville horror in the Amityville house at 3:15 a.m. when the murders happened so like that's when stuff happens and of course they do that and he pulls out more DVDs he pulls out the sequel the of yeah. the possession man or they're looking to move those movies aren't they yeah the DV, the DV, MGM DVDs yeah. and then uh, even the 2005 remake with yeah, Ryan well, Reynolds with awesome a lot of uh, great bonus features if you ever want to watch them when I'm gone <laughs> and I was like oh the the, the transfer to Blu-ray is really great too so, so check it out of making a ne- another good Amityville movie that it's made a commercial for them. That is so ridiculous. <laughs> Isn't that insane? That is so insane. So it's really shameless about that. Um, 
I on you know what? There are jumps. The jump scares work just fine. Like it has those all those moments. Sounds like expect. it's just fine. It's just fine. It's not. It's not terribly bad or anything. It's just like it's exactly what you expect. And like of course, yes, the brother does the thing where he get, is possessed and gets a shotgun and goes around killing people in the house. It's like, it's like what did you expect from scene one of this movie? Like it just happens. It's like do something different. Yeah. I really like the idea of the brother being paralyzed in bed and uh, thinking like he's having a miraculous recovery but it's something yeah, that she it's cool. said the mom's like so happy about it that's really like, great no, you know it's yeah. you know that's not true yeah you know like what was once medically impossible is now happening it must yeah. be a, it must be a sign from god like mm, wrong direction yeah exactly so it has interesting elements and never really congeals it just ends the way you'd expect uh no there's a the cgi oh it's really dark like it's one of those cheap movies where like it, like it doesn't like look that, like that Friday the Thirteenth remake. Just like everything like, is just I can't see anything coated in darkness. You can't see anything. And like sepia tone it up a little bit. To, yeah, I hate when they do that. Yeah, it's just really dark. Uh, there's really bad CGI at one scene, which is a cool scene. Uh, Red Foreman from that Chevy show. Isn't yeah. It? Oh wait, I know his name. Sorry. Uh, Kurt. Uh, Kurt Kirkwood. Kurt, Kurt, Stacy Kirkwood. Kirkwood? St- Kurtwood Smith. No, Kurtwood Sterling. Sterling Kirkwood. Kirkwood Sterling. Kurt Kurtwood Smith. I think. I'm gonna look it up. I, th- I think Sterling's in there somewhere. But go I ahead. don't think so. What about Kurtwood? Him? Whatever. He plays like the kid's doctor, and there's one good scene with him. But like, he flips over the kid because like, like where like bed sores would be, and like just a bunch of fucking bugs fly out, and it's crazy. Whoa, wicked. Yeah, it's cool, but again, it's really bad CGI. But uh, uh, it's uh, yeah, I Kurtwood want... Smith. You're right. Yeah. I was way off. Who the fuck Stacy? I don't know or who Sterling. Stacy or Sterling is. Sterling Price. Cooper, whatever, from sure. Mad Men. I already don't care. Um, so Amityville, The Awakening is not as inoffensive as I thought from how long it was delayed. Terrific. But it's just, it's just pretty, it's just fucking dumb and bad. Uh, I'm sorry to report that. Oh, well. Um, but better watch out. Okay, main event, better watch out. Here's what I know about this movie. Did really well at Fantastifest last Fantastic year, Fantastifest? That's yeah, one yeah. in Austin, right? yeah, yeah. Um, Shutter exclusive. Shout out to Sam at Shutter. Uh, they've definitely been up in their game with the exclusives, which is good because they have Shutter and they're really picking up a lot of the, I guess, picking up the slack on movies that weren't big enough to be released in theaters. Did well in festivals, but kind of don't find a home and take forever to get on Netflix. Um, so the gist of the movie, if you look at the, watch the trailer, uh, girl goes to babysit. With, she's like 18, getting ready to go to college or go to Pittsburgh for some reason. Um, and it's like, who goes to Pittsburgh? I don't know. People who just want their lives to be worse. <laughs> um, and she's babysitting a kid. I think is twelve at this yeah. point. So already it seems like he's like, mom, I don't need a babysitter. It's like, okay, you do. But of course, she's hot. He's a prepubescent boy, or starting to go through puberty, maybe. I don't know, like young boy. He's got a thing for his clearly has a crush on her. This kid's also got a best friend who lives by, who's kind of hanging around, may or may not be there all night as well. Parents are like, okay, listen to what she says. Got to go. She's also one of the parents is Patrick Warburton. Shout out to Pat. Um, <laughs> she clearly, the mom is clearly kind of a, a controlling bitch who's who has babied her son. This kid like, mom, quit babying me. But also, he seems a little bit like a like a sweet, effeminate kid. A weird right? detail they throw out early is yeah. that he sleeps with like one of those things for like putting up to your stomach when there's a baby. Yeah, in when it. you're a baby, like it, like, it, like, like makes the sound like of, a, like of a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, like soothing. That you would have like a baby's crib to kind of like yeah, so make like the sound of the, got, uh, the fetus. They throw, they throw mommy issues at you immediately. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he has, he has a thing for this girl. Yep, something's going outside. That's okay. Oh, man. Thinks, whenever I hear that, I think someone like like passed out and like hanging on the horn. And the, okay. <laughs> um, and also this girl, she's uh, calling and, and texting a lot, as teenage girls do, where she has a boyfriend and also an ex-boyfriend, a boyfriend that she might be kind of fighting with, and an ex-boyfriend who's like borderline being a stalker that she's a problem with. 
So the usual babysitting thing, the, the, the 12-year-old boy is flirting with her pretty hard. She's like, oh, you're a good kid when you grow up. He's like being kind of bad, kind of being annoying. He opens a bottle of champagne. Yeah, he's like, no, this is cool. I drink. I could totally drink. Yeah, and she's like, you can't do that. Like, like but, you're not trying to, it doesn't impress me much. Yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. I'm like, oh, that. But also like. She's totally flirting with him too, by yeah, the way. Yeah, <laughs> but in the, in the same way, like, like, I think any girl listening to this knows that if a younger boy, especially prepubescent boy, or like a young boy, is kind of flirting with you, you got to be delicate with it. You can't yeah. just be like, oh, you're so young and gross. It's just got to be like, oh, thank you. You're so cute. But actually, no. And it's okay. Just kind of like just trying Get to be. Get your weird dick away from Just me. trying to be nice, but also trying to be firm enough to be like, hey, man, like you got to calm the fuck down. Yeah. Also, some shit starts happening with. Stuff coming out of the window, doors opening, stuff starts to get a little tense, and they yeah. feel that someone might be in the house who might be like harassing her, calling the house, calling her, or suddenly they realize that the phone isn't working, the internet isn't working, shit's starting to get crazy. On. Something's Are going on. Are we gonna ruin it? Because I was, I, I was, I guess we should just do a spoiler warning right now. Yeah, here. I think we're gonna talk about this. It's gonna be spoilers. So I'll say right now, overall, I thought this movie was fine. I thought it wasn't amazing. It wasn't bad either. It's a good watch, especially because it takes place. At and around Christmas. It's, it's one of those Christmas movies that has nothing to do with Christmas other per than se. it takes place yeah. at Christmas. Yeah, it's cold out. There's snow. Um, I, I agree with Joe. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I thought it was very middle of the road okay. I'd say worth the watch. It's being billed as a horror comedy. It, there's no comedy in it. Uh, it's funny in that it's just like depraved and fucked up, yeah. I guess. I don't know. Um, it's funny in the way the funny games is funny. Sure. Actually, can we um, pause real quick? I got to pee. Okay. Thank you. We'll come back and we're going to talk about uh, spoilers entirely. So right now we'll stop and just say that um, um, if you want to watch this movie without knowing anything, watch it now because the one thing I did like about it was that it took a lot of left turns that you wouldn't expect and that is what kept me interested and thinking that it was better than it actually might be. And we'll be back in two seconds. Actually, in no time in podcast land talking about it more with spoilers. Uh, we going? Yeah. Okay, great. So, as I said, that uh, the girl and the boy she's babysitting... Crazy shit's happening. Doors are opening. It seems like someone's outside or possibly in the house. I guess a point where it seems like it is a person is in the house with a gun and a flashlight. It's broken. I have no idea what's going on. They're terrified. And it turns out that it's actually this boy's buddy who we are introduced in the Garrett, beginning. I think so yeah, yeah. Who's, they're pulling an epic, a quote, epic prank on her and, may, and got her to think that there's someone who's trying to like you know, harass them and kill her. Right. And they were like, we thought it'd be so funny. Like he was like, I was going to be like a hero or this and that. Yeah. And, the like, premise is him. basically he wanted to do this so to he could her. save the day. And, and then she would want to like, like, fuck oh him my God, something. he's such a man or whatever. Yeah. So as she's cussing him out rightfully, cause it's again like, she, it's insane. It made, the levels it, it made her think the kid was dead that, uh, yeah, one of her friends was dead and that this guy was in there with a shotgun was going to murder them. And then as she's pretty much cussing him up, being like, you fucking asshole, how could you do that? I'm going to tell your parents, this is not cool, this and that. He hits her over the head and she falls down some stairs and gets knocked out. When she comes to, he has tied her to a chair, or taped her to a chair. And now what this turns into is a little bit like Funny Games meets, uh, I don't know, American Psycho maybe? Yeah, it's it's... I, I, to me, when I watch the movie, I'm like, wow, this is really leaning into like toxic masculinity starts when you're like 12. Yeah. Because this kid is like a. Because he, yeah. he, he's, he's not like with his buddies, but like, here's how this is going to go down. And his buddy's still going along with this, being like, you know, you're going to like uh, like us and we're going to just be this like rambunctious kids. And if you say anything, we'll frame you because they'll believe us and not you. And I've got, I remember he had like this, like, um, like really like a powerful drug that he was gonna put in wine and like yeah, it was a roofies, basically. yeah basically and just like like pour booze down her throat and throw it all over the place and so when the parents come home look she got drunk and passed he had out a and, whole plan yeah, yeah, yeah okay and then he's like 
I forget. Then the boyfriend starts showing up, and as it happens, the kid just gets meaner and eviler and more fucked up and more torturing and just goes pretty much up the deep end to where it's like she doesn't know if she's going to escape with her life because it becomes very clear that he has enough will and sociopathy and clout with his parents, and he's also this innocent 12-year-old. He can easily make it look like she was hanging out, her boy, her and her boyfriend were partying. But basically, it gets to a point where he's like, okay, I'm inviting the uh, the stalker over, and it's going to be easy for me to set it up to make it look like... I'll kill all of you and make yeah. it look like he showed up and killed you guys while I was asleep. Which isn't... It's far-fetched, to say the least. Like, it's a 12-year-old. Like, But I think that's why it's called a comedy in some sort yeah. like, It's so silly that this like, 12-year-old is so methodical. But you're watching it, it's like, he's got her tied up. It has a little bit of, like... Gerald's game in the sense that the girl is tied up and like how the fuck she can get out of this if she doesn't she's gonna die um, you yeah. know they're, they're, the boy the boys are incredibly immature obviously so like like he like they're doing truth or dare and the guy dares her to grab her boob yeah like, they're, 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 while, while they're setting something up they play Mary fuck kill and, yeah. they're, and they're talking about all, all, all the chicks in uh, adventure time yeah. they're like heavy handed like this is how teenage boys talk but it's it was a less successful version of what it did and what Super Dark Times did. Yeah, it was Super Dark Times meets Funny Games meets uh, hence of even that show, The Babysitter that you saw that you didn't like Ugh, very much. McG, it just sounds yeah. like it's a cutesy. It's just like it's it's incredibly self aware of what it's doing and references a lot of horror movies. References. There was a good Home Alone reference. Yeah. I liked that actually factors into the plot in a funny way. Yeah. Um, it's a very silly movie, and it knows it. Yeah, but Mo... But it takes itself seriously, too. Mo and, point, like, it's violent. Mo pointed this out that, like, it's better than Super Dark Times, because... Well, it definitely no. is, but... It, Be- better than... You said it's Oh, better. I'm sorry. Yeah. Super Dark Times is better yeah. than this movie. Yeah. And, the, and the main reason she said is that when you watch Super Dark Times, you understand these characters and where the motives are... Be- why they get to be so bad as they are and how they get to where they are. And also, like, you believe their motives as sinister, as evil as they end up being, you know? Right. With this, this kid is just, like remorseless, evil, turns out to be a real fucking piece of shit, stopping at nothing, seemingly have no problem that he spoilers, end up killing some people, uh, really fucked up. You think he's going to get away with it. I'm not saying if he does or not. Like, at no point are you, like, rooting for this kid. No, never, never. But he's kind of the star of it. Yeah, you it's know, weird. It's like, it's like, you know, it's hard to make a Patrick Bateman. You know, American Psycho succeeded in making you at least care or be interested in a soulless sociopath who gets away with whatever he's doing. Um, in this movie, this kid is in that vicinity of being as sociopathic. Of course, he's not as cold or as you know blank of, of a slate as Patrick Bateman. He's, this kid's actually pretty obnoxious. But yeah, there's to, this to, toxic masculinity. This boy who seemingly has no remorse for what he's doing, other than the concern that he might get caught. There's no problem treating all these people like shit and killing them when he has to. Um, so it's interesting. It's not bad. It's just not great. Yeah. Watching it, having a couple of drinks, watching it, being like, oh. Under 90 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had no problem watching it this morning. Dick held my attention and watched the whole thing. I just thought, I thought it was fine. I thought it was fine, too. Yeah. Uh, not 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 bad. I don't know what else to say about it, really. Like I would say watch it. Yeah, I'd say watch it if mm-hmm. you have Shudder. I wouldn't say, like, get Shudder to watch it. No. You have yeah, this it is a uh, uh, skip it, watch it if you got it, or get it to watch it. This is a uh, watch it if you got it. Nice. That's our new scale. Uh, How many burritos? <laughs> oh, fuck you. Um, that reminds me again. Uh, yeah. Listen to our episode of uh, uh, Losers Club. Why? I don't know. I don't no, know. Listen to our episode of our uh, holiday horror that we did last year. Yeah, that or too. Two years ago. Oh my god! Yeah, a couple years ago we did. Uh, we did all the Christmas movies we could think of. Repost that. Yeah, I'll repost that. Yeah. On Christmas, maybe. 
<laughs> no, because no one's gonna be listening to Christmas. You gotta get the holiday. You know, on spirit. Christmas when you go around and listen to podcasts. No, it's you gotta do it leading up to it because you want to be primed for Christmas. That's the right. Christmas. You're like Christmas is over. You don't want right. to watch Christmas horror on the 26th. You're right. And be on the lookout uh, on Yahoo Movies for a list from me about the the seven to eleven, something like that, most overlooked That's movies funny. of the year. Because uh, I'll also be contributing to the top 50 of the year list for that post. There you go. Uh, and Good Time is certainly on it. I'll say that. Okay. That's it for the New Flash podcast. Why don't you watch uh, um, Better Watch Out and let us know what you thought of it. You know you got Shudder. Where are my Shudder heads at? Yeah. All right. And we'll be back next week with who knows. I think the best of. We'll just do best of next week. All right. All right? All right. Probably. All right. Something like that. All right. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Tin horn.